Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, yeah. Better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts on this Thursday edition of the show. We're still fresh off the NFL Scouting Combine, and we're going to get into some stuff today where we reveal the players that we overswang on a little bit when it comes to what we perceived on tape versus what they proved to us at the Combine. So Kyle, welcome to the show. We're swanging today. We're trying to choke up on the bat a little bit and get some of these uh, assessments reeled back in. But I think this is a cool topic, Joe. Uh, we always get asked, oh, how do you quantify the combine? And then how do you not overreact to the athletic testing? So this will be a good exercise for some folks, I think, to kind of hear how that thought process works for us and how we're able to... Uh, adjust these evaluations as we were receiving this final chalk of information. Uh, when you said when you started talking about choking up on the bat, it made me think: Did you play baseball? I did. Yeah. Were you good I was at a it? Catcher. Oh, a catcher. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't play past high school. You played in high school though. Yeah. Okay. I retired. I retired uh, in eighth grade. Eighth grade. Yeah. What position? You look like a first baseman. No, I played third. Um, Played a lot oh, of the hot base. corner, the hot corner. Yeah. That's because I think I could make the throw across the diamond, like with some level of consistency. Um, wasn't the greatest fielder, so I think there's a trade off there. Those ground ball, those ground balls would eat me up, uh, kind of like Emmanuel Hall trying to catch a football. But oh dear, uh, <laughs> uh, that was an okay hitter, but uh, it's, it wasn't wasn't my first love, you know. So didn't really pursue yeah. it past middle school. No, I feel you. Um, all right. This is going to be the Georgia special here, isn't it? <laughs> Probably because we didn't talk about who we had beforehand, no. but I have a feeling you're talking about a wide receiver and I'm going to be talking about a running back. So. Maybe even more. Uh, you want me to go first? Well, let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's you, this is a good, you're really good at explaining this type of stuff. Why don't you kind of take a moment and explain how athletic testing uh, impacts our evaluation process? Well, we've changed a little bit, right? Or I've changed. Sort of, yeah. I'm not not familiar with the intimate details and ins and outs of yours because that's something that you've crafted, but I can only speak for myself. In years past, um, I have quantified relative to historical data of players to pass through the combine and then kind of looked at what averages and standard deviations out away from that uh, in certain athletic tests that I feel to be relevant to certain positions specifically and at numbers assigned a grade at the end based on the standard deviate standard deviations away from the average. And, um, from that point it's applied, it had been applied as a weight to the player's overall score was maybe 10% of the final grade films, three quarters of the grade. And then you got a couple variables that, that, uh, kind of knock that up or down depending on what the numbers are. But this year's the first year I've, I've really felt like it was appropriate to cut down on some of the noise with that. And it's 
your grade is your film. And then once you're placed in that tier, the athletic testing is one of several things, including production and experience and your size, which is size adjusted athleticism, um, kind of help me sort the players within that tier. So if you have a first round film grade, you're always going to be a first round player, but that's kind of my approach this year. For me, it's very similar other than your film grade does not lock you into a particular bucket. Um, you have your film score, which is 80% of your evaluation. And for me, 8% of the, um, of the evaluation is graded against athletic testing. And it's the same process where I'm taking historical averages and working through the deviations to score every single test and apply it to the prospects. And what I love about that is it takes every single result and it applies it the exact same way to every single player. And it allows me to have a very consistent athletic metric that factors into the evaluation. So when we talk athletic testing, we're talking about 8% of the overall grade for me. So it matters, but it's a pretty small fraction when you really think about it. 80% of the film score, uh, 80% of the overall score is still the film for me. One-tenth of the weight of your film is your athleticism, which I think is, it's, it's a nice balance. Yeah. All right. So let's get into some specific players that we perhaps over swung on. Is this overswing, swang, swung? I don't know. Uh, swung. <laughs> all right. You, you mentioned a wide receiver from Georgia. You mentioned a running back from Georgia as a tease, but I'm going to talk about a tight end from Georgia, referring to Isaac Nauta, five-star recruit over there who had an okay career, had his best season as a senior, had some really impressive moments on tape, particularly the Florida game really pops. But in every way, shape, or form, he came in and disappointed, starting with the way he measured, 6'3", 244. Kind of his calling card, the one thing you knew you were going to get out of him was that blocking ability. And I'm not saying he can't block or he won't be a, a productive blocker, but he came in probably an inch or so shorter and probably 10 pounds less than I was anticipating from him. And uh, so you kind of have some questions about him kind of having that mass to really exchange power as an inline blocker. But then his, dude, his athletic testing was just a total fail. I mean, four nine one forty yard dash, seven four five three cone. I, I mean, I can glip, I can go through every single one of these tests, but I can just tell you this: every single one of his athletic tests were between the seven and fortieth percentile across the board. Is that and good? No, it's, it's it's very bad things, Kyle. And so, for a guy that I thought had some a little bit of juice, you look at the Alabama game, and you can see some examples of him winning down the seam against Alabama. I was thinking there was a little bit more juice to this guy, but instead he's got a fail grade when it comes to this overall athletic profile. Yeah, let's keep it in the state of Georgia. Uh, Elijah Holyfield, pour one out. This is uh, this was an ugly finish for Elijah. Um, got to his tape late in the game. I got to his tape, I think, like a week before the combine, and I really liked it. You know, you could tell he wasn't a long speed burner. But I liked his foot quickness. I liked the, the deliberate approach that he had with his feet working into the line of scrimmage and in the hole and his ability to kind of step around trash around his legs. And I knew he was a guy that got caught from behind like a lot. But I didn't expect him to come out and run like 4-8 in the 40. I think it was like 4-7-8 or something like that was his official time. And that long speed... Oh, man, I, I, I've i gone back and rewatched a couple games of his. I actually did it from the media workroom in Indianapolis. 
and made some minor adjustments to film based on elusiveness, which is where I account for long speed and uh, lateral mobility. And uh, I, I feel comfortable with him still, but he's a guy that's going to have like a late day two grade for me now. And I was pretty high on him. I thought this guy was like legit one of the best two or three backs in the class. But those athletic limitations are very real. And that's how I vet those because I'm not going to fudge the numbers and get you out of a bucket, but I will go back and I'll look and I'll say, okay, I have new information here that tells me athleticism is a problem for Elijah Holyfield. Do I see that on tape? And there were instances with Holyfield where, yeah, he runs tough, but I think a lot of his success came when he was able to have some rolling momentum as far as generating chunk yardage and not just being a guy that's going to pick up six, eight yards of pop and uh, that's all you can really count for when they're gouging guys up front. So those holes are going to be smaller. Those defenders are going to be faster. And in accounting for those things, Holyfield is a guy that I really pulled myself back off on just based on getting that information and then assessing that by going back to the film and looking at it. Kyle, what do you say we just get all the Georgia guys out of the way? <laughs> and I'll, I'll turn my attention to Riley Ridley, the wide receiver there. I like Riley Ridley's tape. And um, I think the thing with him is the production was always a question there. And obviously it's defensible, defensible because first and foremost, he did lead the team in receptions, yards, and receiving touchdowns. So within the context of the Georgia offense, he was the best receiver in terms of statistical production. But at the same time, it was still pretty modest for a guy that maybe you thought was a top 10 wide receiver in the class. And the context, the way that Georgia plays, they run the football a lot, and there's a lot of mouths to feed when it does come to throwing the football. Uh, but certainly a guy, if you really think of him as an upper echelon prospect, you'd like to see him maybe command more, even more production. And it's not that Riley Ridley was egregious um, at the combine, kind of like what we're talking about with Isaac Nauta and, and Holyfield, where those guys were just really, really poor. He, he was just really kind of average to below average everywhere, actually more below average. He was above average in the broad jump, and then everything else was around the 30 percentile, 22 to 37 percentile on the other tests. Um, the, you're just kind of looking for something to hold your hat on. So, you know, something to really kind of validate uh, some, some upside with him. And I don't think this is a kiss of death for him. Uh, I, I just wish, I wish he would have tested better. And I would, you know, he's the guy that I kind of felt was a mid two. And so this is probably going to push him down to that more of that two, three uh, range than a guy that I thought would be, you know, maybe challenged for a high two when, when the athletic testing was finally done. Joe, I guess you could say the uh, Georgia Bulldogs had a pretty crappy combine, huh? Uh, crappy indeed, Kyle. But uh, speaking of crap, I got something that could change your life. And yeah, changing your life and talking about crap at the same time, kind of weird, but here we are. And I'm You talking, have my attention. Yeah, I, I, I do. You've perked up. Good. I want to tell you about King Wipes. King Wipes are flushable wet wipes that add a new level of clean that is just not possible with dry toilet paper. I keep going back to this peanut butter reference, but I think it works, man. If you get some peanut butter on the counter after making that peanut butter sandwich and you go to wipe that thing up with a dry paper towel, it's not going to work for you. If you're going out in your yard doing yard work and you're going to come in and you're going to, you want to eat dinner, you're going to wash your hands, you're not just going to wipe them off with a dry napkin. Every man is the king of his castle, and that includes the porcelain throne. Make the most of your time with the large, luxurious wipes that are flushable, biodegradable, and infused with aloe vera to keep it all soft and clean. Now, Joe, you don't just talk to talk. 
you walk the walk, my friend. Better we were in Indianapolis it. last week for the NFL Combine, and we're out to dinner. And Joe gets up to go to the restroom, and I see him pull something out of his coat pocket, and I'll be damned if this guy didn't pull out an individually packed king wipe to take to the restroom with him at dinner. How that could did you feel nice and fresh when you came back out? Yeah, and uh, and when I used it to uh, wipe off my hands with when I after I ate the chicken wings as well. It's true. You also used it to uh, wipe off your screen after you pulled up an unfavorable big board that we were reading. So this thing has many, many uses. Let me tell you, uh, King Wipes is great whenever you need to clean off or freshen up. So don't go without them. Available in a 48-count home-thrown pouch and individually wrapped wipes for on the go. King Wipes makes every flush a royal flush. Visit kingwipes.com and enter Locked On 15 to save 15% on all purchases. Also available on Amazon. Remember, King Wipes is for the Duke in all of us. We will be right back after this brief pause to get into some of more of our overswings from the 2019 NFL Combine. Yo, E. What's up, dude? We back. Yep. And we need to keep it in the SEC, but I'm <laughs> I'm not picking on any more Georgia Bulldogs, let me tell you. Uh, no I'm going to pick on Ja'Kai Polite. Mm. University of Florida. Yeah, I know. Well, coming into the combine, Polite carried an early two film grade for me. Uh, My expectation was this is a guy that was probably going to land between 25 and 40 on the big board. I can tell you, Ja'Kai Polite is not going to be within 25 and 40 now because we've talked about this a couple of times, kind of the manifestation of some of the -the off-the-field murmurs that we had heard regarding Ja'Kai and – he tested really bad. He had bad weight on his frame. He did not represent himself very well at all at the podium. Kind of playing the victim guard, talking about how teams were just picking on him in their team meetings and showing him his bad film. And I mean, what'd you expect, man? Like they're, they're the, the entire draft process is about finding excuses to disqualify people from being picked for your team. And if you can't take that criticism or those questions constructively, and then you go out in the public space and you say the, the sorts of things that Ja'Kai Polite said, that's pretty disconcer- or that's pretty concerning, and uh, that's going to be difficult to vet. Now, this is an interesting conversation piece, Joe, right? Mm-hmm. How do you qualify off-the-field issues for a player when we score players the way that we do? And I would say this, you don't. I need to make some adjustments for Ja'Kai based on um, – the functional strength and explosiveness pieces of it. But it's also difficult because he didn't play at 258 or whatever he came in at. You could tell he added weight and it was bad weight. But at the end of the day, if I have a player that's graded in a range, that's his grade. I'm not going to change his grade because off the field stuff. I'm going to flag him. And that's one of the things that we do as well, Joe, is we we flag players with certain red care or red flag tags to indicate questionable work ethic or off the field incidents or substance abuse policy issues or underachiever or whatever. So polite's going to be a guy that for me, I'm going to go back and I'm going to rewatch. I want to make sure I have everything accurately reflected on how I felt the tape spoke to me, but I'm going to be much more critical of it this time through. And at the end of the day, I'm just going to throw those red tags on him and he may be on the, in the big board in the top 60. But I could tell you, if I was picking for a team, yeah, I wouldn't be picking Ja'Kai Polite. 
Yeah, same. Same here, Kyle. Uh, my last one. This one stings, man. This one stings a little. Any guesses? Any guesses where I'm going with this one? Joe Giles Harris? Oh, man, I should have went with Joe Giles Well, Harris. That, that's my last one, so who oh. on you? I should call an audible here. I wouldn't have to talk about this, man. <laughs> Damn it. Good call. Uh, all right. No, this one stings a lot more than Joe Giles Harris. Kelvin Harmon, wide receiver from mm, NC State. You don't say. Kyle, Tell me more, Joe. Back your um, ass off. All right. Hey, it's a squeaky clean ass thanks to King Wipe, so. <laughs> all right. That was terrific. Um <laughs> All right, so Kelvin Harmon. I like Kelvin Harmon a lot. His his tape is really good, and I don't think his testing is really going to impact my overall evaluation that much. Uh, now, with that said, he was a guy that, you know, if you heard me talk pre-draft, I kind of said, hey, there's two wide receivers that I would consider taking in the first round, and their names were DK Metcalf and Kelvin Harmon. I think that conversation's probably back to just DK Metcalf. And not that Kelvin Harmon was terrible. He, he was the size that I was hoping for. Uh, checking in 6'2 221, 32 and a half inch arms. He showed us the strength, 18 reps on the bench press. But then all of the rest of his numbers, brother, were between the 17 and 28th percentile. Whoa, and wait, say that again. 17 the, and what? 28th percentile. Yikes. Yeah, it's not not ideal. Not ideal numbers there for Calvin Harmon. Um, I think, I mean, there were moments on tape where I thought his burst was fine particularly the Syracuse game where I was really like, Hey, this guy's got some juice to him. Um, and I don't necessarily think he's a bad separator. So like, I I'm pretty comfortable with him. I still think he'll carry a, a very firm second round grade for me, but in, in terms of him being in that first round conversation, and maybe he will be like, he might be in my top 32 because I won't have 32 first round grades, but I, I do think this kind of bumps him out of that first round bucket. Uh, Joe, we have some breaking news as we're, we're recording here. Oh, I don't know geez. if you've seen this yet. No, I don't. So I, I will react to this with the most authentic reaction you can give me. Have you seen Preston Williams' Pro Day numbers? No. Yeah, so they just came in. You think they're good or not good? Um, I'm guessing they're good, but I also, I'm also i also very funny about Pro Day numbers. Okay, so Preston Will, Williams came in at 6'4", 211, uh, 9 and one eighth hands. Any reactions so far about what you expected? Yeah. Uh, his first 40 time was 466. Oh, no. His second 40 time was 457. He had a 31 and a half inch vert and a nine foot eight inch broad jump. Oh, my God. How many questions did we get about him? Is like, hey, if he didn't have character concerns, he'd be a, a top receiver, a top three receiver in this class. Well, you can put that out, man. Yeah, some other overswings out there in the space. <laughs> I mean, and it's. It's one of those things, right, where like Preston, I liked his, I thought he had good athleticism. These numbers are very overwhelming to me as well. And if that's kind of what you are, that's what you are. But like this dude got blacklisted from the combine and wasn't allowed to test. And now he comes out and puts those pro day numbers up with some red flags. Mm, not good. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's no good. So uh, we'll get back on schedule here. We got one more guy to talk about, Joe Giles Harris, a uh, guy that Joe – was he LB3 for you coming in? He no. was my LB. No, I'm sorry, LB4. Was he yeah, LB4? He, he was in contention for LB4, but I haven't – a lot of the, the the depth of the class I still haven't really got to. So Yeah, he was a guy for me that was also in that conversation. I, I was anticipating LB4 for him behind uh, the Devins and then Mac Wilson, but just the, there's no explosiveness here. 
and you knew he wasn't a super dynamic guy, but I guess I was a little bit higher on him coming in. And then like he played portions of that Miami game. And I thought that was where he was really tested with speed, but the field was wet. So trying to keep that in context, I didn't bang him for it too hard, but in hindsight, I probably should have been a little more critical with it because, uh, the athletic testing shows this guy is is not not a very rangy guy, which is a shame because he's super smart. I think he can be a starter at the NFL level. He's just going to be a lot more limited than I thought he would. Yeah, that's it was disappointing. I thought he had a chance to really pop, and, and I like his instincts. I love his ability to tackle. He might be the best tackler in the class at linebacker. But, I think that's uh, fair. Yeah. So, I mean, he can still kind of hold his hat on that type of stuff. And if you're looking for, like, if, think about a team like the Chiefs. The Chiefs got to get rid of Reggie Ragland. He's pure trash. If you want somebody in that same role, Joe Giles Harris would be great for that, but I think yeah. there's going to be some limitations there. You know who's the sneaky winner at the linebacker position? Who is this, Cashman from Minnesota? Oh, yeah, him too. But <laughs> I haven't watched him yet. I'm trying to grind some tape a little later this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, Drew Tranquil, Notre Dame. Yeah, he did well. Yeah. Great day testing. So excited to see uh, – him kind of bubble bubble up a little bit. He's a good football player. Joe, any parting thoughts for the folks? Tomorrow is underswings, and um, I've already got my list together, and I think you're going to hear me say this over and over again. I didn't see that type of athletic testing on tape, but <laughs> <laughs> a little preview for tomorrow. Yeah, I, I'm guessing you're not talking about any running backs then, huh? I do not have any running backs on, yeah. on the list, man. I feel really good. I w- we're n- I, we should probably do like a ones we feel really good about. Like Justice Hill was the guy that I kind of was pounding the table for. Yeah. He was very, yeah, very high on my running back list. And I'm like, damn, there it is. That's the athletic testing I needed. So, um, you know. Yeah, we'll try and sneak a couple of those dunks in. How's that? Yeah, I know John Legend dunks, loves man. to dunk. So we'll, we'll find an excuse to dunk. Uh, make sure you come back and visit us again tomorrow. Hit subscribe on the Draft Dudes podcast, please. Uh, we're doing a lot of live programming for you guys on Twitch as well. If you guys like being able to interact with us and watch us and and whether we're doing film or mock drafts or just taking questions, whatever it's twitch.tv slash the draft network. And, uh, we've had a lot of fun really growing this out over the course of last month. We're going to continue to do so. So make sure you carve some time out. We're usually on late at night. So unite owls, you'll have an opportunity to come hang out with us. Uh, Swing over to draftnetwork.com. We've got tons of great content out this week. Kind of recapping the combine, shifting eyes forward, looking at some pro day stuff. So lots of good stuff. Kyle Krabs, Zach Grinding Tape, signing off with Joe Marino at the Joe Marino. Thanks as always for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.